pro wrestling talk from the four corners of parts unknown. This is That Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to That Wrestling Podcast, also known as the Funtime Suplex Hour. I am Jason Marchuka. Hit the music! What are you wearing? What are you wearing? What are you wearing today, today? What are you wearing? What are you wearing? What are you wearing today? You should know by now. It's a pro wrestling podcast. You have to wear pro wrestling t-shirts. Brian, what do you have this week? So I wore a shirt uh, of a group that's no longer with us. Um, so probably the last shirt they'll they'll do unless they get a reunion. But uh, a return of one of their members, if you will, on TV this week. Um, I'm talking about the Undisputed Era, the the red, I think the last shirt, the Undisputed Era Forever shirt. And it wasn't so much forever. I'm not going to lie. As much as I like the black and gold, I dig the red. I thought the red was cool. And it was sharp. We, You're right. And, and who are we kidding? There's going to be a reunion at some point. So uh, you'll be in that way. Yeah. You'll be vintage UE. Uh, (laughs) Kevin, what do you have? I am also sporting a faction tonight. Uh, Good color choice, Bri. I'm with you. I am wearing a Wolfpack. Wolfpack. Is that that vintage from? Back then, or was that a no? It was, it was one of the like the reissues, like from like five right. six years ago. <clears throat> yeah, I never had an original Wolfpack. I had an original right. NWO black and white, but never never pulled the trigger. Only that Conan shirt, which we can say, uh-huh. or still have not found it. You got to find the Conan I, shirts. I, Where I, is the Hidden Treasures episode? <laughs> I need the Conan shirt. <laughs> uh, so, I'll, I'll uh, give you five bucks for it. <laughs> totally. Cinco um, Dolores. Oh so God. speaking of Cinco Dolores, I brought a shirt from the uh, pro wrestling crate that I get every month. It was the tag team crate this month. Money Inc. Two of my favorite wrestlers. And I figured you had to wear that because you just met those guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's yes. I did go. I don't go to a lot of meet and greets. Uh, but when I found out Ted DiBiase and IRS as well was coming to town, I couldn't pass it up. Uh, and I got to tell you, man, like we've been seeing Ted DiBiase on NXT as of late. And um, <laughs> we didn't really talk about that. We, uh, I just asked him about the current product and what he thought. And you know what he goes, you know, you either have it or you don't. And I don't like that. Everything is so scripted. I like that. You got, you have to listen to the crowd. And I said, during matches and he goes, yeah. And I said, well, what do you think about promos being scripted? He's like, I hate it. So, uh, in IRS, same deal. Just, a just, a, he was more not as talkative as Ted. Uh, but you know, as Brian said in, in, in one of our texts, he was probably getting ready for the, the last couple of weeks of tax season. So yeah, uh, busy time. Yeah. So to close out this week, Joe, what shirt do you have for what are you wearing? It's not vintage, it's new, but it's the wanted dead or alive cactus jack shirt. So I'm going with the hardcore legend this this week. Can, can I you- real quick, Jay? Because you'll appreciate oh. this. I want to introduce a new segment to the show. This won't be every week. But because of Joe's shirt, I have to say this. This segment is called Things You Don't Have to Ask a Wrestling Fan. I take you back to the other night. My wife goes to me randomly. 
Did you know that there's a truth or consequences, New Mexico? <laughs> that concludes things you don't have to ask a wrestling fan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you were ever asking yourself, how can I get a That Wrestling Podcast t-shirt? I have the answer. We have, have a store set up on whatamaneuver.net. Just search That Wrestling Podcast and you can get your own shirt. And if you go to social media at That WrestlePod, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, you can see me wearing a That Wrestling Podcast t-shirt when I met Money, Inc. Uh, this past weekend. So um, I really don't remember much from Raw or SmackDown. And I don't know if that's because of my age my uh, mental capacity or things just weren't that good. Now, the only two things I do remember returns Jay Uso came back or Jimmy. Jimmy I always get Jimmy, confused. Jimmy. <laughs> Wait, it was Jimmy that came back. Yes. Uso oh, crazy. Indeed. And that uh, was on Friday and he's not Roman's bitch, which is cool. Um, and then Monday, 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 the Maharaja came back. My guy, Jinder Mahal. I've been a Jinder guy for years, and I'm so pumped that he's back. He'd been hurt. He had had some issues. I guess he made some derogatory comments about Shinsuke last year, but he didn't show up on Raw alone. He came with Veer and Shanky, which, I, I mean, you, you might know them better as Rinku Singh and Dilshir Shanky, but Probably not from NXT. Uh, I think it's a good look. But uh, who do you think, Brian, will have the better return, the Uso or the Maharaja? And what do you want to see them do now that they're back? Great question. Great question. Um, I think I tend to lean toward Jimmy Uso. Um, and I think it's just because, you know, mm -hmm. you put in them in the position of you're talking family. And it just gives that little extra oomph of believability into what the story tends itself to. And you saw it on SmackDown where Jimmy's backstage saying, like, I'm your brother. We're one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Why are you doing this? And, and there's that conflict because then in the, the smas at the end where Cesaro ends up, you know, getting a hold of Roman and uh, Jey Uso, he goes to attack Cesaro. So where is that leading? Um, I'm, I'm all for gender too, but you know, you start off with that, that family ties thing with uh, his brother and with Roman really interested to see where it goes. Kevin, same question. I, I think kind of the opposite of Brian. I think gender's coming back. He still looks like a million bucks physically. He's bringing in two guys. I will admit, I don't know who they are, but the one dude is massively huge. So he has some protection, you know, I think he's going to be propelled to that uh, upper mid card. And within a couple months, he's going to be probably fighting for the title against somebody. So I think for the sake of the show, I think him and his little faction uh, will be propelled. Roman's already there, right? So, so Jimmy is, is, taking a seat at the table of a table that's already, you know, head of the table type guys. Uh, gender, they're going to come in. They're going to wreck a lot of people, make a force. I think this is probably the most excited I've ever been for Ginger. Uh, gender, sorry. Yeah, gender. obviously so excited. <laughs> you can't even get his name right. Joe, uh, anything on the returns? I got to go Jimmy. Jimmy Uso is going to be the one. You mentioned how, uh, you know, it's ahead of the table, all that stuff. But like, he actually brought something 
new to it. And we're just waiting for what's going to, you have, you can't predict what's going to happen. Is it going to be Jimmy convincing Jay to no longer be the right hand man? Or is it going to be Jimmy accepting his place at Roman's table? That's where the story is. Now with gender. Uh, yeah. He bores me. Don't really care. Never really cared. Uh, there you um, go. They're probably, they're, well, Ross the man was a champion, Joe. <laughs> Sounds like Joe yeah, is hindering gender. Don't hinder. Yes, he don't all hinder. You, you know, you know, it's probably going to come up him versus Drew uh, because they're oh, going to yeah. replay. They're going to replay that storyline, which we, they did with Sheamus. And it's, I don't know. I just he doesn't he doesn't excite me. And him having two new guys instead of the Bollywood boys, which he had before. I mean, it's the same character, just with like, oh no, these guys are bigger now. Same character. I actually forgot about the Bollywood boys. Uh, for me, I, I want to see the Usos pair up. And honestly, I don't give a shit if they're Roman's bitches or not. I just want them to be a badass tag team from the penitentiary and just beating everyone's asses. That's what I want to see. And for Jinder, I want to see him. I, I want to see him win the United States Championship. I know it's a played out storyline where the foreigner wins the United States Championship. Maybe he brings back the Punjabi prison match. I, I was oh. so excited that uh, Jinder Mahal was back. And another return that is rumored is John Cena. Now, he's been known for posting weird Instagram posts with no explanation. Uh, last week, he posted a WWE logo. And I don't know. I mean, John Cena coming back for me, I don't think it's needed. I don't think it does anything. Um one word answers, yes or no. Does John Cena coming back to the WWE make sense right now? Brian? No. Kevin? Yes. Joe? Yes. Really? Okay, so uh, why yes, Joe? Uh, why yes is because Raw needs Cena back. SmackDown doesn't, Raw does. Raw has no star power. It really doesn't. It's a flagship show. And they have uh, their biggest star is Randy, and he's doing great with uh, Riddle, but they need oh. a star, and they don't have it. Suicide Squad 2 comes out relatively soon. He's going to be Peacemaker in there, and Peacemaker is going to be its own TV show on HBO Max, I believe, too. So it's going to be, you know, spotlight a lot of uh, attention. I think. Uh, Vince wants Cena back on that show just to kind of mention uh, the Hollywood aspect. So it's kind of a twofer. So, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I mean, it's not even confirmed. Like I said, uh, John Cena is like the ultimate internet troll when it comes to things like this. Usually it's inspirational messages, you know, like the hang in there with the cat, you know, hanging <laughs> off the bridge, you know, whatever. Uh, but that hasn't become a Cena shirt yet, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe Kevin said yes. You've been the I know. Cena hater, and I have hated John either, Cena. Wow, hated, hated John Cena. Uh, so maybe he'll, come, maybe, maybe he'll come back all bubblegum and then finally do that heel turn. No, uh, no. no way, maybe. not now. Nope, it'll be uh, babyface John Cena. I'm just trying to think. You know, what color shirt has he not had? You know, maybe that's the thing. You know, maybe it's a new colored shirt, John Cena. But only time will tell. Um, I've decided I don't like the WWE Network on Peacock. It's too hard to find things. You can't see when new things come out. Had I not got a message from my buddy, Keith, 
who directed the Damien Priest Chronicle. I wouldn't have even known it was up there, but uh, Damien Priest Chronicle was uh, pretty great. It covered Royal Rumble to WrestleMania, and uh, it wasn't about Bad Bunny. It was all about Priest, which I thought was great. I'm sure Bad Bunny had a crew following him and probably his own camera crew following him. But uh, what I wanted to talk about Damien Priest was he spoke to Sports New Australia, and the quote was, a lot of people were honest with me, and they told me, listen, you can't blow this because if you do, you're done, close quote. And that was about the Bad Bunny storyline. Um, talk about a dude who had everything stacked against him but came through. Um, Ryan, I don't know if you and I have ever talked about Damien Priest. What do you think of him? I'm, I'm pretty solid on him. He's, he's from like the recent NXT guys. I put him as a notch below uh, like the Keith Lee and Riddle and uh, even uh, what's, what's Dijakovic. He's T-Bar, right? <laughs> you know? so nice. I, 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 yeah. yeah. I put him like a notch below there as far as kind of how I feel to him, but he's, he does come across very talented Great voice. He can go into voiceover work whenever his in-ring career is done in a, a, a couple of months. Um, I, or a couple of months, excuse me. Talk about cancel culture, guys. Sorry about that. Um, no, no. I, but yeah, he did great. And I don't, I don't think, you know, when they say like, oh, you would have been done. I don't think if it would have went well, he would have been released. But could I see like any sort of push not happening? I mean, look at how it is, man. It's a very fickle company sometimes where guys like, you know, Ricochet and, where, and where's Ali. Keith Lee? Yeah, where's where's, Keith, I mean, Lee? yeah Keith Lee appeared a little bit of like, oh, he had some health things. So maybe there's some differences there. Alistair but, Black. Yeah, Al Alistair Black. That's a great one. Yeah, like if the things, if you don't have the right guy in your corner, then you are shoved to catering. So absolutely, yeah. if it didn't go well as it did with Bad Bunny, we might not be uh, talking about him. Uh, Kevin? I thought it was really nice because I felt like I got to know him and his upbringing. Like they, they went through that only like, what, less than five minutes? But it got me up to speed so much on him. And, and unlike you, Bri, I wasn't the biggest Damian Priest fan before Mania. I thought he was good, but I was kind of like, bored a little bit right with the whole like archer thing but the performance and the lead up at mania i'm all in especially with watching the documentary like those type of things you know them showing the emotions you know uh almost crying when he comes back as triple h like three hugs and he's just like thank you so much and triple h said multiple times like that was awesome man like it just shows how much he wanted it and how much like because he's an older guy he's like what 38 39 yeah like going out there and just a couple of years before seeing his weight uh, evolution to losing of like over a hundred pounds, like it, yeah. it's pretty remarkable journey that, that he's had that I had no idea, you know, uh, that he partook in. And another documentary that hit last week as we were recording was the Brian Pillman dark side of the ring. I love these. Um, I yeah. think I've seen them all. I think the only one I may have missed, was the Von Erichs from season one. Uh, Joe, what did you think of the Brian Pillman dark side? Uh, Heads and tails way better than the Savage biography. Another home run. Well, for that's the, not hard. I know. Uh, another home run for dark side because 
they actually had people who cared about him on the show talking about his legacy and talking about his demons too openly and they didn't say he was like you know they were they they didn't sugarcoat anything and they respected his career they under they showed empathy towards what he was going through and then they showed remorse over not being able to help him and i thought it was another great two-part episode and this one didn't make me as depressed or angry as other ones this one made me just sad that he could have been so much bigger even on commentary he he could have been like so much bigger but we at least got a few good years of the loose cannon so uh and brian did you watch pillman um yeah well a hell of a story and, and to joe's point about yeah, he could have been so much bigger. You know, I feel like that's said a lot of times with guys if they have like untimely deaths, but that's one I completely believe in. Boy, like what a run he would have had as the Attitude Era was really revving up. He would have been absolutely huge. Um, and just to hear the, the personal family stuff, like I didn't know he had so many kids. Um, yeah, and, and the fact that his um, ex-wife a- Melanie was in it and you hear like from Brian Pillman Jr. that him and his mom were estranged and like the money that was given to her after Brian's death, like she wasted it all. And my heart broke hearing about how like his new stepdad treated him. I mean, you could see the pain in his voice. He was breaking down in tears. And I I tell you, I have, I I'm rooting for him now. I'm really yeah. rooting for him. I was always like, you know, hey, that's cool. Like, I, I love legacies in wrestling. Like, that's that's really cool. I'm really rooting for him in his corner. Hear, hearing him talk about uh, the moment of getting his dad's weight belt from Steve Austin and, like, the light bulb went off saying, that's what I got to do. Like, you can't make that up, man. That's Hollywood stuff, right? That's so good. I, I, so I'm, I'm rooting for what, Brian Pillman Jr. I loved when he said, if he, my dad didn't want me to be a wrestler, he wouldn't have named me Brian Pillman. <laughs> That's a great line. You're right, Joe. <laughs> I, you know, with all the kids, I guess you could say condoms were loose on his cannon. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. You so, like, That's where you, you hit the tugboat button on the wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got to watch that link I sent you. Oh, my God. So um, when Brian Pillman died, they did uh, several memorial shows over the years. Um, and these memorial shows, they broke the, the lines of territories, promotions. Uh, these shows started in 98, and they had people from ECW, WCW, and WWF on the same card. Now, I bring this up because recently those Brian Pillman memorial shows were put together on an anthology DVD set. Oh. So this is four discs, 14 hours of coverage from the four shows. Now, I have a list of some of the people that were on this. And if you're watching on YouTube, I promise I have to read this because there's way too many. I can't look at the camera because I have to read. So from the 98 show, Steve Austin is there. There's a match between Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit. There is a, a match with Al Snow versus Chris Candido. And every match is in entirety, plus much more. In 99 at the Pillman Show, Rey Mysterio and Conan versus Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit. Uh, There is highlights from Mick Foley versus D'Lo Brown, uh, Al Snow and Road Dogg for the hardcore title. And then um, there's a one-night cruiserweight tournament featuring Shark Boy, Matt Stryker, 
and others. Appearances by Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat. The opening ceremonies are on the disc as well. From Pillman 2000, William Regal versus Chris Benoit for the Intercontinental title. Uh, Eddie Guerrero and D'Lo Brown versus Dean Malenko and Perry Saturn. Uh, Just Incredible versus Raven for the ECW title. Uh, Shane Douglas, the franchise, calls out DDP. Uh, appearance by Kevin Nash and much more. And then 2001 Pillman Memorial Show. This is a triple threat tag team match. And this is, like I said, this the lines were gone. Matt and Jeff Hardy versus Edge and Christian versus DDP and Canyon. That's a triple threat match. Uh, another match, WCW versus ECW. Raven and Just Incredible against Perry Saturn and Dean Malenko. Lita versus Victoria. Steve Carino versus David Flair. Uh, Ray Steele versus Nick Dinsmore. And Shark Boy, Pepper Parks, Matt Stryker, and much more. So this DVD set, I just got it in the mail uh, a few days ago. So this weekend, this is what I'm doing. 14 hours of footage. And uh, if you are interested in picking this up, you can go to pillmanshow.com. Or uh, the gentleman that put this together and produced, his name's Joe Dombrowski. Uh, he's a Pittsburgh-based wrestling commentator, ring announcer, booker, everything he's done in the Indies. And he has a great website, joe-dombrowski.com, D-O-M-B-R-O-W-S-K-I.com. Uh, he's worked with big companies like TNA and Ring of Honor and a ton of Indies. Uh, it's a definite great uh, resource. And a great, I know not everybody has DVD players and shit like that. I get it. But go get a DVD player, Blu-ray player, and pick this up. It is that, it's going to be a great watch. I can't wait. I'll report back next week. Um, it was just, it's just an awesome DVD set. And, you know, we we talked in the merchandise show a couple weeks ago that I was the WWE Network before the WWE Network was the WWE Network. So I created the WWE Network. Uh, and now I have this uh, Pillman 14 more hours of footage and my wife will probably fucking kill me. So as we're recording right now, dark side of the ring, Nick gauge. Now I know none of you guys have watched any GCW footage. Nick gauge is this badass deathmatch wrestler and he's one crazy son of a bitch. So uh, I'm asking the three of you to promise me you will watch dark side of the ring, Nick gauge before next week. Cause I want to hear your opinion on this guy. Cause he's, fucking awesome so uh i watch deal. it every weekend i watch it any week every week anyway so i uh, i will watch it i promise deal uh, count me in for next week awesome kevin you're good you're gonna uh, watch it those matches nice. those matches scare me to be perfectly honest so uh, i look forward to not seeing them and just learning about the guy well plus david, Arquette, david arquette's on it too so that's well, what yeah there was interest. a so if you watched the david arquette movie which I think somebody asked you guys to watch multiple times and I don't think any of you have watched. Uh, there was an incident with Nick Gage and David Arquette. So, uh, check I it out. Scream. What are you talking about? Oh, it's a different <laughs> David Arquette movie. No, ready, ready to rumble. My it bad. was from I, ready I, to rumble. Confusion no, in the wasn't. text. I'm sorry. You cannot kill David Arquette. All is right. The movie. So, um, I did not watch NXT. Brian, what was, give me some highlights. It was a pretty stacked show. I thought it was the best show that they've done since they moved to Tuesdays about a month ago. Um, some of the highlights, I, I prefaced it with my shirt return. 
uh, Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish, like who knew where he was? He was just gone. <laughs> no one said he was injured. No one said anything. He just showed up. There was a match. It was um, uh, O'Reilly and uh, versus Oni Lorcan. And then Pete Dunn got involved and Fish came out and kind of helped out after the, the two on one. So that was big. Your boy, Leon Ruff. He's a star. Rough Riders. Uh, Rough Riders. Rough Rider. Yeah, he, he came in and demanded uh, uh, being cleared with R William Regal. He started throwing <laughs> Regal's like pencils <laughs> off his desk. What do I got to do? And so he, he ended up taking an open challenge of Pete Dunn. He lost because that's what he does, right? But he's, he's the man. And then we got a new, we got a new faction, uh, Hit Row. Hit Row is uh, Swerve Scott and all of his... <sighs> His crew, um, AJ, the guy from the uh, Hidden Treasure show, and uh, they got another guy and, and, a, and a girl in the group, too, which I just love seeing groups that are guys and girls together. You don't see that too often. I know um, like somebody asked MJF in an interview about Pinnacle saying, would you add a female member? Like, OK, like I could get into that. Right. Um, so, yeah, they, they came out. They kind of introduced themselves. Their theme music slaps. <laughs> I, was, I was a fan of the Hit Road theme song. What, what does that mean? It's what, oh, well, the kids, me, the, kids <laughs> tell me, the kids tell me it means it's a hit, right? Oh, it's, it's got okay. that good bebop to it. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> cue, okay. cue the, uh, cue the, the gif of the uh, Nation of Domination coming out and the, the <laughs> one little white kid with the glasses <laughs> of his fist. Wasn't that you? My living room. Was that you? It was a challenge? Oh, <laughs> yes, I, uh, I reenacted that on Tuesday yeah. night. Uh, <laughs> Good show. So sounds, great show. So and, and they did announce uh, In Your House is yeah. going to be the next takeover. Todd Pettengill, they're bringing him back to uh, yeah. host it. I'm sure that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and I think I don't, you know what? I don't know if they announced it for that or just an upcoming show, but um, they are going to do the rematch of Balor versus Cross for the title. Yeah. That's coming up. Yeah. They, but I thought the MVP of uh, NXT, the one that you did not mention, because everything else you mentioned, Brian, uh, dead on. Yeah. Vic Joseph. Yeah. Was, in his announcement yeah. of the main event, when it's like there was already one fall, because it was two out of three falls. And they had a submission, and Vic's just yelling. It made it feel like a real big fight feel. He was like, production, don't go to commercial, production, don't go to commercial, production. Like, he was yelling it at the top of his lungs until they got the next fall, and then that was it. So he was about to say, we're about to go into picture and picture, and then stopped and just yelled into it. I know it was supposed to be that way, but it made it feel like it was a big-time fight. Hint, AEW, take a note with all of your picture and pictures of the good stuff. Um, I saw a GIF, and I don't know if it was on the show or some of Did a referee do a spot in a yep. tag match? Uh, Tyler Breeze. Yeah. That he was real? Over, he jumped over Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze got thrown to the ropes, and uh, he <laughs> jumped up, and uh, he uh, leapfrogged him. I wonder how that came to be. Like It was I, just, yeah, there, were, there was like a silly you know, run the ropes moment with MSK and Breezango and like, but they all, they all ended up in the ring and they were all leapfrogging and somehow the ref like got mixed in it and he just did a leapfrog himself and everybody just kind of looked around like, huh? I don't know. Did you guys pop watching it? Like, yeah. I know oh, yeah. I would have seen that. Oh, I'm like, I'm like what? I think I did rewind it. I was like, what, what just <laughs> happened here? Um, yeah. uh, it, was, it was a good show. Real good show. Nice. So, um, AEW. Now, I'm I'm AW from the beginning. 
I, and people say, you never say anything negative. Well, that's not true. Just listen to last week. Um, I thought Mox and Nagata was cool. I don't know anything about Nagata. I'm curious, did Tony, did Tony Khan buy Wild Thing from I, the Trogs? I'm presuming so. I'm guessing, yeah. It, do you guys think that's his entrance song from now on? So that was his entrance song in New Japan, I read. Okay, like then that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So if he's going to keep it now in AEW, it's because, and also because he went against it was a, in, uh And it was a new title was a, for the belt, too. So. Yeah. yeah, okay. That, that, if, okay, if it's a New Japan thing, that makes sense. I did not know that was the deal. Because when it came out, I'm like, what? Uh, I was like, all right, well, whatever. I thought the match was good. I loved the, the, the end. You know, the, 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 the respect, you know, the bow, love that stuff. But um, what did you guys think about Cody's promo? Um, I don't want to say cringeworthy because I believe there were some, I feel like he worked himself into a shoot or shot himself <laughs> into a work. It's a great I, phrase. I don't know. It was confusing because I, I like it when a lot of guys, you know, I'm a big, big mark for the promo. It was emotional. I'll say that. He looked right in the camera. I don't know if there was tears coming down his eyes, but he was very, very close to crying. Talked about, uh, uh, it was weird because he talked about like, not necessarily exactly the government, but kind of pushing, you know, I'm so American. And then he, it went to, my wife's black. I'm white. We're going to have our, our biracial princess come into the world. Uh, and then it kind of like went into, you know, his fight against, is it Anthony Agogo? Yeah. Um, shame on me. I, I don't know anything about him. So like he punches I, people in the stomach. Yeah. I, I know he's a boxer. <laughs> right? a, Silver medalist. Is that what it is? Yeah. He's, I think he, he's a Britain Nigerian Olympian. Right. And for, in the last couple of weeks, he's just punched people in the stomach, and that was it. I think, I think too, he was just nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, that oh, was okay. the Go Go's. So my bad. Go-Go's. I'm s- ah, sorry. Okay. My bad. Scratch that. My fault. My fault. Uh, it was more. It was more like a mind fuck kind of his promo because I was just like, yeah. after I watched it, I'm like, what did I watch? I, I so, it was a lot of just random stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it it's just a mixed bag. Like I said, I I don't really have a, an opinion one way or the other. But um, it was interesting. We'll leave it at that. Um, the pinnacle looked great, absolutely great. Tailored suits, they looked fucking perfect, except for their dad, Tully Blanchard, <laughs> wearing a sports coat, a pair of dickies, and a pair of Skechers. Oh, Come the fuck up. You were a horseman. You were a four horseman. Being dressed to the nines was your thing. Well, he's dressing like he's 90. That's that's oh not- man. Like that's all I could focus on was the, the shoes. Because they didn't even, like I said, they they were they looked like sketches with the extra padding in the bottom, like uh out of that whole segment, you think that was that was the worst part? For you, I mean the inner circle oh. thing, and eh, I didn't love that. What'd you think of that? Kevin and I were going back and forth on that. Kevin, you can you can yeah, say that's, that. that's exactly why I texted because I was like, I watched it, and I'm just like, I need to talk to someone about this. <laughs> and Joe's like the first one he says, I am, and I'm like, I text him, and apparently I was like 10 minutes ahead of Joe, and he's like, I haven't watched it yet. I'm like, 
sorry. And then it, it is like, it was just funny. Cause it's like, it seemed very like, almost like they were trying to rip off WWE in multiple mat, uh, times last night. And I know we'll get to the tag match in a little bit. Uh, um, but like, when it rolled up, I'm just like, you knew what was going to happen, right? And I was like, oh, Jericho got hurt last week. He's definitely not going to be there. And then you see, you see the top of his head, and it's just like, <laughs> and then it's bad cameras, bad cameras it's, again. It's production, again. the production situation. It's just uh. like, you see it, get off the camera. And then they get off, and, and then they go back to it. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then, that's all I wanted to do was talk the four of us in that text <laughs> about it. It's I'm so like, sorry, Kevin. Ruined it for Joe, but Brian. Well, I you didn't ruin it for me. They oh. ruined it for me. Oh. But like, I, um, you, know, you know what? Don't I, don't have Sammy Guevara be the one blocking Jericho. Have Hager do it. Right. <laughs> right. Hey, we need more mats. Or how about you just put a, a fake panel? They or, have a lot of them. How about this? They have a lot of them. How about this? In the opening interview, Jericho's not here. Don't have him there. Let him take a week off. Right. Like, don't have him there. Um, the Britt Baker interview was awesome. Yeah. Uh, she can work the camera like a fucking pro. She stares right into the lens, and the way her makeup's done, like her the white of her eyes, like she she's a badass. And and because of her, I can't even believe I'm about to say this. I'm excited for an AEW women's title match at Double or Nothing. First time. In a year and a half, I've actually been excited to see a match. And uh, let's get into that tag match. Uh, SCU and the Young Bucks. If SCU loses, they have to break up. Uh, Joe, I, or I don't know, it might have been Kevin, just made a comment about a WWE callback. It was, it was Kevin, but we all know which one it yeah, was. Yeah, we know. And it was, it was just cheap. It was stupid. Now, I'm trying to figure out if that's what the Young Bucks do. Like, they're purposely doing that. Not thinking that's <clears> smart. Like, not thinking it's cool. Like, that's just gonna, it's corny as fuck, and people are going to be annoyed by it. So let's do it. Right. Of course, he was getting ready to super kick him. He said, I'm sorry. I love you. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, $1,000 Jordans they had on Wednesday night. Um, 1050 on StockX right now. And, um, or some fan somewhere, when they do AEW's Hidden Treasures on TBS, Saturday nights at 6.05, someone will try to buy those Jordans with Christopher Daniels' blood soaked all over them, which is a huge problem for me because, again, the production department had cameras on him when he was trying to hide the gig. He got thrown into the ring. They showed him bloody, and he had it in his hand, trying to, like, put it into his phone, but they kept the camera on him. What is wrong? I don't know shit about production, but I know you don't. Keep the camera on him. It happened last week. It happened this week. It drove me insane. And then what really put me over the edge was SCU has to break up. By God, let's go back to let's go back to the locker room to see Moxley throw some shit. <laughs> really? Yeah. Motherfucker. Oh, yeah, then back, and then they come back from commercial moments ago, them hugging. SCU's been there from day one. They were the first tag team champion. They have to break up, and you give them a seven-second moments ago to show Mox throwing shit in a locker room? I don't like it. I don't. I don't like and it. I, I love AEW, but yeah. that shit drove me crazy. And finally, 
finally, finally, we got the Miro we should have had from day one. Not yep. the gamer, not the best man, the badass killer. New TNT champion. He looked awesome. And I'm so glad that they uh, pulled the trigger on that. I don't know if Darby might actually literally be hurt. Um, but overall, it was an okay show. But I don't like, I don't want AEW to just be okay. Um, yeah. I'm turning into Brian with all the production issues. You know, that's, that's Brian's thing. It's a thing, though, because WWE, like, for, for all the flaws that they have, 99% of their time, their stuff is so well-produced and so clean, and we appreciate that as fans. We've grown up with it. Um, I did I one quick, small apology to AEW last week when we were ranting about blood and guts, and I called out how when they announced that it would be uh, Pack and Orange Cassidy uh, versus <laughs> the Omega, and I said, "Who's gonna win? Let's bet all your money. Bet your money on Orange Cass or on Orange Cassidy." It was a dr uh, the draw, and it's a triple threat. So uh, my my apologies. This is not a podcast where we're uh, you know above apologizing. Absolutely. So AEW, you got one over on me. We got a triple threat match now um, at the uh, Double or Nothing pay per view. <laughs> So how much did you lose on the AEW DraftKings board? Because you were putting, you were all in on yeah. Orange Cassidy because he showed up and popped in. These, these, uh, <laughs> these lights better not start flickering any moment. That's all I got to say. Uh, we got the lights on for tonight. Oh, my God. So finally, uh, we have a pay-per-view this weekend. It is Wrestle Payback Lash of Mania, and it is our Wrestle Payback Lash of Mania preview. Um, we're just going to go kind of like we did post WrestleMania. Not everyone's going to chime in. Uh, we'll just throw it. I'll throw it a one, maybe two. And then, uh, we move on. Cause we'd still have the five count and promo mania to get to, but, uh, the, the, this should have been, uh, triple threat, a mania backlash. Um, just make all the matches triple threat at this point. Um, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. Brian, how do you see this going? I don't see Braun getting it. I think he's the one who takes the pin. Just don't don't feel like he's quite there. He's he's been okay in this feud. Um, I do think Lashley retains. I, I think you know maybe there's something that's further going to continue with the story with Braun and Drew. Maybe Jinder gets involved. I like one of you guys mentioned that earlier, having that callback. Um, I'm going to say Bobby retains it. I, I believe the same. I think it's time for uh, Drew to go away from the title. Do Drew and Braun for a couple months and then uh, have Lashley move on to whomever is next. Now, the other triple threat match, Kevin, Rhea Ripley, Asuka, and Charlotte Flair. What do you think? I think uh, uh, Rhea has to retain. If they want to make her look, uh, make that WrestleMania match legitimate, beating, you know, Asuka for the title. Uh, this past week, she looked okay, but I think it's going to be her pinning Asuka again. And unfortunately, Asuka continuing just laying on the back, taking taking the loss. And then it's do you do, do you think this leads to Charlotte Rhea for a while, or do you think uh, how, what do you think happens? Hundred, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe, what's your thoughts on the on the Triple Threat Women's Raw title match? I think that Rhea is definitely going to take it. Uh, she kind of has to. If not, she's going to be she's going to be uh, done. 
kind of like the whole Damian Priest thing. It's like she has to win. She can't be a transitional champion. But I think she's going to get a fluke pin on Charlotte, and the feud must continue. And Asuka just goes away. And that's a sad thing. Asuka has done, did so well last year for what she was given, but she's just done now. Uh, Bianca Belair against Bailey. I would have been fine if they would have added Sasha in to make it a triple threat. But Brian, who you think? What do you think is going to happen? That's another one. I think kind of the same reasons Joe said with Rhea and, and Kevin as well. Like you probably got to keep it with Bianca. Bailey's great. Uh, I feel like how her character is right now that she can take a loss and not feel like she's going to go way down in the card or what are they doing with Bailey? She's so over right now, and in my mind. That that I think we just got to keep uh keep putting the rocket ship to uh, Bianca's back. Roman Reigns and Cesaro. I think it's <laughs> pretty obvious that Roman's going to win. Last week, um, I sent a text message to the group and I said, "I love the Cesaro buildup. Too bad nobody actually thinks he's going to win." Right uh, yeah. now, with the other USO back, maybe there's some shenanigans, but I think it's pretty obvious. I think we're all in agreement. Roman goes on. Um, Damian Priest and The Miz. Uh, Joe, it's a lumberjack match. How do you think this one's going to play out? Uh, Miz puts him over. Damian Priest wins again. I, I think it's time to uh, have Damian move on uh, to somebody new. And I do believe that they're building the uh, early foundation for Miz and Morrison to, to split. You know, when Maurice was back, Morrison looked a little jealous. And I think that's where they're going to go. And, and, you know, Morrison deserves better. I really feel that Morrison uh, deserves better. And finally, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, the Dirty Dogs against Ray and Dominic Mysterio. Kevin, uh, how do you think this is going to play out? I think this would be the, the best match of the night. Wow. Okay. Uh, Did not expect I, I, that. I am being sarcastic. Oh, uh, oh, oh! <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were real. I was like, wow. No, I. To be honest, I. Boyka, boyka. I'm. Ho I'm hoping Ray and Dom win. Just, just for the fact, you know, let let Dom be pushed up. I think I, I do like seeing you know Dolph and, and Bobby do something, but I think it's just a, kind of one of those matches where I'm. I'm. I, I'll watch and I'll be excited to watch, but I. I I have no true interest in it. So I want to see, I want to see a change up in the titles. I kind of do. Cause I, I think it'd be cool for father son to be tag mm -hmm. champs, but I'm seeing it a little different. Now word came out today. Zelina Vega is, uh, was at the performance center and it's, there's no confirmation if she is going to resign or come back or, or whatever the deal is. I want the dirty dogs to retain. And then I want Dominic to put the boots to Papa Ray. Have Dom with the heel turn Monday or Friday. They're on SmackDown. Dominic comes out. You're holding me back, Dad. I appreciate everything you've done. You're a legend, but maybe it's time for you to go. And uh, I have some help to get me to the next level that you can't get me to. Out comes Lena Vega. That's what I would Ooh, love to that, see. That Okay. That I respect you, Booker man. Now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. Um, I, I don't think, think Dom, either one of them had the acting chops to pull that off. I think Dominic, uh, well, I think that's why Dom, you put Dominic with Zelina. Yeah. I think that, yeah. you know, you would, that's need, what you, you would need someone with Dominic because Ray and Dominic, they just like, they, 
I don't see them having the chops to pull that off. So having Selena, that's a good, that's a good mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll Great see man. what happens. I, I do think the dirty dogs retain and then that gets Ray and Dom into a storyline of their own, lead it up to SummerSlam. Uh, potentially uh, if Dominic wins, he gets the mask. He unmasks Ray Ooh. at SummerSlam and Ray. You can't unmask, unmask Ray. No one knows what he looks yes. like. Yes. Yes. It has to happen. Now, of course, we don't know what's going to happen on SmackDown tonight. So uh, card subject to change on all these matches. And the one thing that is not been mentioned for the pay-per-view, RK-Bro. We, we briefly touched on this last week. I think the only two things unanim- unanimously we're all in agreement in is how great Walter is and how fun <laughs> yeah. RK-Bro has yeah. become. Uh, you know, Randy taking the time to work with young talent, um, getting hit in the face with tomatoes. Uh, I love it. I think it's great. And because of RK bro, we have decided that our five count for the week is our top five favorite tag teams that were just randomly thrown together. That wrestling podcast presents the five count. It is the five count. Hashtag TWP five count on social media. Uh, the five random tag teams that were just thrown together for whatever reason. And Kevin is going to kick us off at number five. Now, this is not a draft. If you have duplicates, that's okay. Uh, what do you got, Kevin? Number five. I chose Booker T in Gold Dust. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Uh. <laughs> well, exactly just exactly for that exact reason every time they would be on together it would just make me laugh <laughs> that that's that's exactly why and i and i made a top a top 10 list and i'm like man they could easily go up higher than that and then like i'm thinking and looking at the others and i'm like man are they even that are they are they the top five you know one of my favorite fives and then every time i would just think of them i would just I would consistently laugh and like, that is why they are my number five. My number four, starting off these two guys, uh, not the best starts in both of their careers. They kind of went into like uh, limbo, I would say, professionally in uh, the WWF at that time in WWE, the APA, Bradshaw and Farouk. Good one. That's a good one. But when they teamed up, that's when I became a huge fan. Like Farouk, when he what destroyed Ahmed Johnson's liver and he had Sonny <laughs> as his uh, uh, valet and he was wearing like the weird head stuff. Like I just couldn't take him seriously. And Brad, Bradshaw was just kind of like, you no, know, uh, uh, was it Justin Hawk? Justin Brad- Hawk, Bradshaw, mm-hmm. so, Blackjack. Brad one of the Shaw. new Blackjacks, yeah. But, but when those two, you know, formed together, I think all four of us could, could probably agree, you know, Shit, I'd have some beers with them, play some poker in the back room. Number three, I'm a big, big edge guy, uh, rated RKO. Uh, one one of my favorite, you know, combo of two mega stars teaming together, even though they always took uh, laid on their back for DX during the, the oh, year and a right. half. They were a team always laid on their back. Uh, I, I don't even know if they even took some victories against triple h and sean uh but they always 
uh, entertained me. And it just gives a, a testament to like how good Randy is. That was like almost 20 years ago. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. About, well, about 15 years ago. Like that's insane. And he still, still is wrestling, still looking, looking great. You know, edge coming back. Number two, team hell no of Daniel Bryan and Kane. Uh, you know, their therapy sessions, their, their hug outs, they, they, I don't want to sound so cheesy, but they like completed each other in that tag team because Daniel Bryan, you know, he wanted to be so, uh, energetic, you know, and so optimistic to Kane and Kane would just, you know, with his face, with, with his mask on, you can't see his, his facial expressions, but you knew exactly what he was saying or, or what he was thinking and doing. So team hell no, uh, number two, and then number one, uh, very similar to the APA. I almost had a different number one and I didn't even put them in my top five because I didn't think they had any position to be any lower than a number one count. And if, if any of you guys don't uh, say this other team, maybe I'll come back, but the new age outlaws, those oh, guys, those guys yeah. weren't yeah, on my board yeah. nope. to the, to the APA Great call. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you have Billy Gunn and road dog before those two guys, you know, met up with, with another tag team of like cactus Jack and chainsaw Charlie. That's wow. when new age outlaws, you know, propelled to that status to i don't even want to say low mid card guys right no they were main events because they were you know affiliated with dx so no no before no, beforehand before they joined dx oh they yeah just, they were they were just they were, they were just uh south park wearing exactly guys. exactly right. like before before that they were they were even before they joined the tag team, right? And those whatever happened to Rockabilly? Exactly. <laughs> uh, the roadie. So I, I put New Age Outlaws just because overnight, basically, they became megastars. So that's my top five. That's a good top five. That's a great top five. Kevin. It is. Uh, Joe, go ahead. Uh, Kevin, I got to agree. That was a great top five. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, my number five is the same as your number five. Booker Dust. Booker T and uh, Gold Dust were like, they had such great chemistry together. And they really, like, it was every time they were on, it was just something that, and they were just thrown together out of the blue, but it worked. So that's my, I don't need to go into it. You already did. That's my number five. My number four, talk about no one having a clue what to do with two guys, mid Carters, and they're throwing them together and they got lightning in the bottle. The Hollywood Blondes. Yep, the Hollywood Blondes. It's like they were just like, oh, we don't know what to do with you. We don't know what to do with you. And they just made it work. So number four is Hollywood Blondes. Number three, in honor of the shirt I'm wearing tonight, I'm going with the Rock and Sock Connection. Yep. Like talk about like they were feuding for like <clears throat> six months prior to that. And then all of a sudden, Rock turns face and fully becomes the biggest rock fan and the, this is your life is still it may be long but <laughs> it is entertaining especially you, would it let the rock get to second base i mean come on uh <laughs> that, that was just so good for those two uh that was my number three my number two is another foley one stone cold and the introduction of dude love yeah like it was, they didn't take, he didn't take fully serious. HBK was injured. 
Austin had the belt and he's like, get, get out of here, you freak, mankind, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, just the look on Austin's face. So I have Austin on there twice and I got Foley on there twice. When you hear, oh, Steve. And you hear the dude love thing. And Austin's just like, what? <laughs> so dude love. Yeah, exactly. That's just like, I, I, I love that. And number one, they were basically close. I would say they were close to being future endeavored. They got thrown on ECW. They pretty much were just like no idea what to do with either one of these two guys. I'm talking about, Hey, Hey, Ho, Ho, Miz and Morrison. Number one, they were, they were just thrown together too. Like Miz was a reality guy. Morrison was Johnny Nitro three weeks earlier. And all of a sudden, Magic happened when those two came about, and they made each other better. So that's why they're my number one. I am proud to say, out of the 10 that were picked, I've had none of them. What? None of them. None of them. So my number five, Kofi Kingston and Evan Bourne. Air boom. (laughs) Love those guys. No, for real. Like They they weren't doing anything, but they were put together. They they had a little bit of success. They won the titles. And then Bourne got uh, suspended for a, a wellness policy violation. So I uh, loved Air Boom. They had cool merch. Um, and did you buy you any? Know, no, I did not at the time. But like looking All back, I was going out. through tapes and stuff. Like awesome. Uh, number four is a current team that I don't know what the connection is if there was any. But you put two blonde women who are physically fit, and if if used properly, I think they could be a great team. Could have been matching gear. And they could win the women's tag titles. Of course, I'm talking about Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. I think they were called like the sexy muscle friends for like a day on Twitter. Um, I want to see them get a title reign. Uh, I hated Dana Brooke in NXT. She drove me nuts. But she was a heel, and that's what she was supposed to do. Since she's been on the main roster and, you know, Mandy's gotten better, I think that there's potential there. Um, so that's my number four, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. Now, number three... Um, short-lived, three weeks, and I have their their uh, rundown right here. So they had they won two out of three matches against the Social Outcasts. They teamed with Mark Henry to beat the New Day in a three win a six man. Then lost a tag match to the New Day, and then Chris Jericho attacked AJ to end Y two AJ. Later explained he didn't like AJ getting all the attention. AJ just debuted. I believe at the Rumble that year, uh, they had the curtain jerker match at WrestleMania. And um, to put the icing on the cake that the team was over, Jericho burned the Y2AJ shirt in the ring. Now, out of all my wrestling shirts, I never had. I mean, you, it was only available for like a week. Mm-hmm. But if I could find a Y2AJ shirt, if you own one, DM at that wrestle pod because I will buy it. Even if it's slide into his DMs. Uh, yeah, slide, that wrestle yeah, podcast hidden treasures. And I believe if they stayed together for a little while, they would have they would have kicked some ass, much like the other teams that you know Jericho was with. So uh Y2 AJ is number three. Number two, Billy and Chuck. Oh, okay. Yeah. There we Chuck go. Colombo, it just came over yeah. from WCW and the invasion. Uh, the description I read was he was like the best player on the Cleveland Browns. 
<laughs> so they and Billy Gunn wasn't doing anything, and they showed up in uh, red trunks, headband, bleach blonde hair, and constant insinuations that they were more than tag team partners. Of course, um, they added Rico to the group, the stylist, and the ins- insinuations got more and more. The gimmick was a nonstop gay joke with uh, wink and nudge WWE at the audience whether or not they were just tag partners. And they had a wedding scheduled on SmackDown, which got a lot of mainstream attention because like ESPN and USA Today, they don't know any better. They don't know if it's real or not. They're like, wow, two gay men getting married in wrestling. And this is before Fred Rosser, a.k.a. Darren Young, came out. Um, Of course, the wedding fell apart, but it was one of Eric Bischoff's greatest moments when he pulled all the the makeup off and three minute warning that was great uh, so, so billy and chuck is my number two number one number one now like i said uh out of the 10 that were already named i am proud to say that i have had none of the others and i do not believe this one will be either number one strike force <laughs> oh nice as a kid i Damn. loved this story rick girls martell, in cars <laughs> rick martell was teaming with tom zink in the can-am connection tom zink left wwe and uh martell got jumped by the islanders tito santana was doing commentary to spanish announce table sprang to action saved martell and they became strike force because tito said to about the islanders quote we will be striking the Islanders with force. <laughs> That's a quote. Got it. Uh, they beat the Hard Foundation with the tag belts force. and uh, held the held the belts till Mania Four when they lost the Demolition. Um, Martel got a kayfabe injury when in reality his wife was pretty sick. Uh, he returned and the team got together, uh, faced the Brainbusters at WrestleMania Five. Uh, Tito accidentally, maybe. Uh, knocked Martel off the apron. Martel left, turned heel, and became the model. So that is my five count. Okay, uh, Brian, bring us home. Wow, that I tell you, hey. man, those were five. Some that some that I'm putting way up there on on your. your I give you props and. Others such as Air Boom <laughs> didn't quite well, make my list. Here's the thing: a couple of weeks ago, we learned how friends. much we learned how much I love Hillbilly Jim. Yeah, and I now I, that I love Strike feeling. Force. Yes, man. Yeah, no, Strike Force. Respect for Strike Force and Billy and Chuck. I respect too. All right, so of course, going last, right? You know, usually don't say, don't say it, don't be a baby about it. Like you I know, I'm not. Time. I'm just saying, but we'll we'll put our spin on it. But I have two of them that have not, and I uh, I I teased this on Twitter earlier today. I said I've got one that I don't think anyone's gonna have, and they're my number five. Does anyone remember power and glory? Mm-hmm. Hercules and and um, I want to say Jim Powers, but I don't know if that's right. Close, Paul Roma. Ah! Paul Roma, <laughs> power? the greatest of the four horsemen. Yes, <laughs> yes. He went on to even bigger things. Paul, yeah, see, that was the first team that I can remember of. Guys that came together that complemented each other's ability. You had Hercules with obviously the strength and the power. <laughs> oh, nice, <laughs> nicely done, Joe. You had that, and then you got Roma. He's athletic, and you know, he didn't bring much else to the table, but he was there. Right? Roma. 
They had matching tights. They had Slick as a manager. They lost to the Legion of Doom in under a minute at WrestleMania 7. But I like them. I always thought they had big potential. Power and, and Slick was just, he's like, power and glory. You're like, I just love that. That was the first one for me. So I had to show my respect to them at number five. Number four, head cheese. <laughs> Al Snow <laughs> and Steve. Almost put them on my list. <laughs> okay, yeah. Al Snow and Steve Blackman, they're, they're you know, <laughs> kind of how RK Bro is right now, where Al Snow's crazy, he's got the mannequin head, and Steve Blackman is the serious straight shooter, right? And my, my moment that I had to put it on here is because I got to tell the story that back in college, me and my roommates acquired a Chuck E. Cheese mascot head, and we brought it to Monday Night Raw during the heyday of Head Cheese <laughs> in hopes that they'd show us on camera. They did not. They must have thought copyright stuff, but the whole freaking arena loved it because we had the fucking Chuck E. Cheese head. They're like, Head Cheese, Head Cheese. So uh, all, all props to uh, Head Cheese, Al Snow and Steve Black. I thought you were going to tell the story when you uh, you pranked your roommate. with the. Did you, didn't you pour like cereal all over his room wearing the head? <laughs> Bird seed. Yeah. Bird seed, yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's a whole story behind that. <laughs> we'll and video that. somewhere. We'll do that. Yes, that's true. That's, true. <laughs> that's on uh, that wrestling podcast after dark. Uh, gotcha. Um, all right. So the next three are ones that we have been mentioned. Um, the APA, Kevin mentioned them. Um, yeah, Bradshaw, not doing much. Farouk, you know, leader of nation of domination, but that had gone away. Acolytes come together. But yeah, when they became the APA, me and my buddies, we'd watch, you know, this was my college days that – we used to joke because of how stiff they worked. We're like, that's what's fun about those two guys is that they've never told them that it's fake. And I know, I know fake, we don't use that in real terms right now, but nope. back in the day, you know, that's what we would say that like, they don't know it's fake because they would just kick the shit out of everybody <laughs> that they'd work. And, you know, they just did a great job. They'd, uh, they drink beer. Who didn't love the APA? They were great. My number two, Booker T and gold dust. And I'm calling an audible right now. I don't even need to say anything more, but I'm going to share my screen and say exactly, show you exactly why that Booker T and gold dust is my number two for this moment. Oh, right nice. Let's have pity on you. Because my brother will not. That's right, you suckers better find someone to run, cause it's me, Booker T. Not only am I the Scorpion King, but I'm the five-time WCW champion, and I got a sword too. Now can you dig that, suckers? <laughs> That's it right there, man. Booker T, Goldust at the movies. You couldn't beat it. Those guys were hilarious, man. It was just Goldust trying to convince Booker that he was cool. That skin is so great. They're they're reviewing the Scorpion King, right? And uh, and Booker T and Goldust are like, hey, great, that movie's great. But Booker's like, it'd be even better if I was in it. And and Goldust goes, that sounds delicious. And Booker goes, you damn right it sounds delicious. <laughs> Those guys were comedy gold, man. Absolutely love them. They're my number two. My number one, um, maybe it was your number one, Kev, I think, uh, Team Hell No. 
Uh, yeah. Daniel Bryan and Kane. Yeah, the an- anger management skits with Dr. Shelby. They're classics. Uh, featuring Harold, a younger Scorpio Sky. Pretty cool that he was the, a cameo player. And now he's doing great things in AEW. And they just, they never, they never wanted to like each other. And a, a little trivia. I don't know if you guys remember this because this was during the time of Monday Night Raw where they had the fan voting, like either on the app or through text. And they, they put it Tout. out there. What's that? On tout. Tout, tout. Yeah, they had it on tout. That's true. Um, they put it out there of what should their team be? Do you guys remember the other options? Yeah, the names like team, were... team, team Friendship. Team Friendship was one of the other ones. And I would have voted for that. I thought that was hilarious. A team Friendship. I, I team hated, Hell No won, and the rest is history. I hated when they would do Team Fill in the Blank. Like, yeah. No, they don't need that shit. Just be like, Hell No. I like I, I like team friendship. Yeah, I was like, so, that's cool. That's them. So that that's my number one. Yeah. So I mean, with what's going on with RK Bro, I thought that was the perfect topic for this week's uh, five count. But we've got some people on uh, social media too, Brian. Uh, you want to read those off? Yeah, absolutely. We we threw this out there, and we still got a, a couple responses. Um, we got uh, Scott Martin who had Team Hell No. Seamus and Cesaro. The bar was, was on my one. early list. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe, yeah. but the bar, yeah, the bar was really good. And uh, he also mentioned uh, Rock and Sock. Uh, we also had Craig Aaron's who uh, threw one of your picks, uh, Joe Stone Cold, and Mankind slash Dude Love as well. Um, we also had Brad Tillery, Hell, Team Hell No, Rock and Sock, the Mega Powers. You know, yeah, okay. that was I a, almost put them. That was like a light bulb when I saw that comment. Like, oh my god, of course, right? So that's on there. And then um, he also threw on the Hollywood Blondes, which I think was one of Joe's picks as well. So thank you for the uh, participation, my friends. Who made your five count? Let us know on social media using the hashtag TWP five count. And now, before we go, promo mania. Two. Last week, Kevin won or lost, depending who you uh, talked to. His name came up on the wheel. Uh, His subject was about ponies, and he is going to play his promo on ponies right now. I, I, I will say this. Brian set the bar very high with with last week's wire hanger, so I had to at minimum bring the same amount of heat and I, I hope you guys like what you're about to see. Not many things get to me. I'm a pretty easygoing guy. I'm a people person. Animal person? All the time? Not so much. This brings me back to Father's Day just a couple years ago. Woke up having the time of my life. My son treating me like the king. It was a great day. My wife, my little man, and myself we went to a brewery. I had so many beers, and we capped off the day with a visit to the zoo. We saw all the favorites. We saw a rhino. We saw a shark. We saw a red rooster and even a <laughs> junkyard dog. We were having a great day. As I mentioned before, Father's Day was for me, not for the pony buttercup. All my son wanted to do was to go on a pony ride. I sacrificed my day for my son in that pony. I sacrificed my manliness walking around that circle, (laughs) holding a leash for Buttercup to have my son just look at Buttercup like it was Buttercup's day. 
So, Buttercup, I'm challenging you to a hog pen match for that WWE <laughs> title in high above the ring. We'll be Brett in a cage. So that match isn't just for the title. That match is for the love of my son. So do you accept, Buttercup? I'm coming for you. And you better be ready. I'm Cameron Grimes, and if this match actually takes place, I'm going to get genuine to play that post-match concert to the moon. And that is... <laughs> yeah, buddy. Good job. Uh, Good that's job. fun. That is fun. Damn. I'm giving credit for the fact you're wearing the same shirt you wore when you first met Buttercup. Thank you. Peanut butter, whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> Uh, so that's Promo Mania 2. If you are listening to this and you want to see the video, uh, look up That Wrestling Podcast on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you want to watch it over Buttercup! and over. <laughs> I'm confused uh, if it's a hog pen match, but you have your son in a cage. My mind, I didn't want to redo it. It was... I. I I had It'll be a hog pen match for the belt with my son in a cage. Was uh, <laughs> was anybody home when you recorded that? No. Okay, because no. so, I can just imagine Laura hearing like you yelling in the basement, and then Kevin, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, she all she hears is Brett's going in a cage, and you just hear in the background, "Hello, child services." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Uh, so Will Man Joe, pull up the wheels and see who has to go next week. I'm spinning to see who goes next week, and then we're gonna find out what you're gonna be your promo is gonna be about. So, here yeah, we go. So we, got, we got Brian, Kevin, Jason, and Joe. Spin that wheel. It's Brian. Oh, <laughs> it, the wheel is not rigged. But it's Brian again. Brian, Brian back again. So let's get the uh, second wheel up, Joe, and see what he will be potentially right. talking about. You, Read off a couple. You could, you could be talking about broccoli. You could be talking about juice pouches like Capri <laughs> Suns. Or you could be talking about one of my favorites, VCRs. So here we go. Spin that wheel. So, so no rematch with wire hangers. Okay, nope. we're done. That's you, won that over. you won that You beat wire and hangers. And you got VCRs. <laughs> VCRs. Oh, All right. Oh, yeah. Come on. Uh, so next week, Brian will have to do a promo on VCRs. And, you know, he set the bar pretty high. And, you know, Kevin did a great job on ponies Absolutely. this week. And uh, so we'll uh, make sure to check back next week to hear Brian's promo on VCRs. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out tonight. Thanks, Joe, Brian, Kevin. We are wasted, dangerous Darren. And uh, we will talk to you next week on That Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for listening. Follow That Wrestle Pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. One, two, three, that's it. <laughs>